Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Good morning, everyone. Jennifer LeClaire here with you, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer. I'm primed and pumped for breakthrough. How about you? Amen. We have breakthrough on Sundays at our church in South Florida. We have a service at 1047 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. Two different services, two different teaching messages, two different worship styles, two different teams, two different encounters. If you're in South Florida, I want to see your shining, smiley face on Sunday. And if you're visiting the region, looking for a church to hang out in while you're on vacation, wait for that cruise ship. We're right here in Fort Lauderdale, real, real close to the airport. So get on over and let me meet you finally in person. Wouldn't that be cool after all these years to finally meet me, for me to meet you in person. Amen. Awakening House of Prayer. We also have a church in Redford, England. We have a church in Birmingham, Alabama. We have a church in Colinga, California. Awakening House of Prayer. We have prayer hubs and prayer houses all over the world. I want to invite you to be part of one of our prayer hubs or start a prayer hub, awakeningprayerhub.com. It's a mini M-I-N-I prayer house. It's not a full-blown public-facing prayer meeting, but it's a in-your-house prayer meeting or in a room in your church prayer meeting or a Zoom prayer meeting or a WhatsApp prayer meeting or a Facebook uh, a room group prayer meeting. But we just want to get people praying. We have over... 230 prayer hubs in 20 nations in the earth. And if God is calling you into the intercessory prayer movement, I want to raise you up as an intercessory prayer leader who can mobilize prayer leaders in your city. And maybe you want to join an existing hub. You can do that at awakeningprayerhubs.com. Find a hub, join a hub, start a hub, launch a hub, be part of a hub, be part of the solution. Too many people griping, complaining. What if we spent that same energy Pray. That's what I want to do. I'm believing for a third great awakening, an awakening that tips over into the nations of the earth, soul saved, revival breaking out, churches totally revived. Amen. Unbelievers coming to the Lord. God is good all the time. Ignite Network. Where are you? My Ignite Network members, my family, my protégés, those who are being raised up within Ignite to release their prophetic voice and their sphere of influence. Where are you? Shout out. 
God is good. Ignite is a family, a tribe. It's a safe place free from judgment and Jezebels. I said Ignite is an online community free from judgment and Jezebels. No false prophets in there trying to scam you. Nobody judging you. But we're contending for a pure prophetic flow to go deeper and higher. Can you do that at the same time? You can. When you go deeper in Christ, you go higher in the heavens. Amen. When you go deeper in Christ, you go higher in the prophetic. When your roots go down deep. When you become more like him, when you're in a company of people where iron sharpens iron, you find yourself growing at an accelerated pace. That's what Ignite is about. IgniteNow.org. You can join that family. This is your this is your invitation. Would you RSVP over at IgniteNow.org? Amen. God is good, and I'm ready to run. Today we're reading from my devotional evenings with the Holy Spirit, listening daily to the still small voice of God. And today's devotion is titled, uh uh-oh, Resist the Spirit of Offense. My, 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 my. Resist the Spirit of Offense. Hmm. Resist the Spirit of Offense. Can we dwell on that for a moment? Can we just dwell on that for a moment? Resist the spirit of offense. And here's what I heard the Lord say. Just because something is truly offensive does not mean you need to bite on the bait of offense. The devil will always try to take, the devil will always take every opportunity to whisper vain imaginations in your spiritual ears that tempt you to take offense, resent, grow bitter, and ultimately walk in unforgiveness toward the offender. Don't take the bait, says God. Don't fall for the trap, says the Lord. Resist the spirit of offense. Being offended is a choice. Don't choose offense, says the Lord. Choose love. Come on, what a word in due season. Amen. Don't choose offense. Scripture references for today, Proverbs 19, 11, Matthew 18, 21 and 22 and Leviticus 19 verse 18. Now the prayer starter for today, help me not to be easily offended, Lord. Help me to overlook sins against me and to truly forgive and bless. Help me to avoid this bait of Satan that tries to trap me with bitter poison. I choose this day not to be offended. I choose to love with your perfect love in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Father, we give you praise and honor this morning. You are a good, good father and we love you. We thank you. We honor you and we adore you. There is no other God like you. No other God who is mighty to save. No other God whose intentions towards us are forever kind. Always kind. Always good. That is who you are. That is who we know you to be. And if we don't know you to be good, if we don't know you to be kind, God, at the depths of your love, inform us. Reveal to us, God, just how good you are. You are awesome. (laughs) You are not a God who is touchy, easily offended, 
easily provoked. You are a God who is long-suffering. You're so, so, so patient with us, my God. I'm so grateful. We are so grateful this morning that you are long-suffering, that you are patient with us, that you are merciful. We thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every single day. You've got a new batch of mercy baked up for us to consume, and we need it because we eat up your mercy. <laughs> we eat up your mercy. We think wrong thoughts, God, and you know it. We say wrong things, God, and you see it. You hear it. Yet you love us, and the blood of Christ washes away our sins when we repent. You have set us up for the ultimate success, even when we stumble and fall. You're not a God who looks down and says, tis, 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 look at you. What is wrong with you? Didn't I teach you better than that? That is not how you handle our hearts. That is not how you deal with our flaws. But rather, you wash us with the water of the word. You cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we stumble, when we fall, when we trip, when we mess up. Even when we do it knowingly, you're still there. We're ready to get it right. You're welcoming us with open arms, ready to cleanse us, ready to create in us a clean heart and renew in us a right spirit. You're ready, you're willing, and you're an able God. So we celebrate your mercy. We celebrate your patience this morning, God. We celebrate that long suffering. We celebrate the covenant. We celebrate our relationship with you for no one shall snatch us out of your hand. You are a sovereign God. You are in control, and we submit ourselves to you. We yield to you. We say, God, have your way in our lives. We don't want our way unless our way matches your way, because your way is the better way. Help us to see, oh God. Help us to see that your way is the better way. Help us to remember to ask you in any given situation, God, what is your way? What is your will? What is your plan? We want to walk in your will, God. Can't always see it. There's so many forces. There's so much confusion in the world. There's so much fear creeping around. There's so much chaos in this moment in time. And God, we don't want to be out of step with you, out of sync with you. What a walk worthy of our calling. We want to walk with the Holy Spirit every day, all day, knowing we're going to misstep. We know we're going to misstep. We're not perfect, but you are. And you can order our steps and reorder our steps and establish our steps and work it all out together for the good because you love us and we love you and you're a God of purpose and you're going to have your way in the end. So God, would you help us in this season? Just to get over ourselves in our own way, the way we think a thing should be. Just come and ask you to acknowledge you. Say, Lord, what do you think about this? Father, what do you think about this? Fill in the blank. Remind us, God, because life is hectic. Remind us, God, because there's so many things pulling for our attention. We have to make so many decisions in any given day. Would you remind us, prompt us, give us the option, give us that check in our spirit. If we forget to acknowledge you, 
If we forget to cry out to you, we forget to ask you, what's your wish? Should I buy this car? What's your will, God? Should I send my daughter, my son to, to this college or that college? What's your will, God? Should I take this job? Should I not take? Lord, would you help us to remember to ask you, to acknowledge you in all of our ways so that you can direct our steps? We're thanking, we're so grateful that you're so good that you will redirect our steps. Your Holy Ghost GPS will lead us back to the truth if we stray. You'll lead us back to the center of your will if we take a detour. If the enemy leads us through temptation, you will come in and you will clean up our messes. But we don't want to make the messes. I mean, we're so grateful that you'll make the messes turn out for our good. You're just that good. You are so amazing to take the most hideous mistakes of our life and somehow you bring it around to good. It takes time, but you do it. It takes time, but you'll do it. It takes time, but you do it. But we just want to get it right the first time, God. We don't want to suffer unnecessarily. We don't want to suffer because we miss your will for our lives. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to bring more delays to the promise manifesting because we then ask you what your will is or because we didn't discern your will rightly. We thought we knew it looked good, it looked like a God thing, but it really wasn't a God thing, it was a good thing, but it wasn't a God thing, and now we've got the good thing, but we don't have room for the God thing, and now we've got our, oh Jesus, help us to stop getting ourselves into these kinds of situations where we get the revelation that we made a mistake. We get the revelation that we made a mistake. We can see the fruit of our decisions. We see that we messed up. Lord, help us to get to the place where we see the potential consequences of the decision, the fruit that will come over that wrong decision before we make the decision. <laughs> help us, Lord, to see the outcome and consider the options and weigh the pros and cons of the Holy Ghost. Help us, Lord, to acknowledge you so that we can avoid those painful consequences, those costly consequences, the strained relationships, the missed opportunities. Help us, Lord, to know your will before we make that big decision, instead of stumbling upon your will afterwards and saying, I can't believe I missed it. How did I miss it? And it's good. We want to be brief with you, God, when we miss it. We want to know how we missed it. We want to see how we missed it. We want to understand how we missed it so that we can stop making the same mistake over and over and over again. We don't want to make the same mistake over and over and over again. Would you help us to stop making the same mistake over and over and over again? Would you help us to learn from our mistakes? Would you help us to learn from our mistakes? You're the best teacher in the world. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. You're the best teacher in the whole wide world. You're the best teacher in the whole wide world. Would you help us to learn from our mistakes? But even more than that, God, help us to stop making them. Help us to see your will, your desired will, your intentional will before 
We push the go button. Before we say yes, before we pick up sticks and move, before we spend that $10,000 or that $1,000 or that $5 on something that you didn't call us to sow into, to purchase, to buy, to invest in. Father, we're so grateful that your mercies are new every morning, that you are a great teacher. You're a perfect teacher. You're a holy teacher. You're a wonderful counselor. And surely you're trying to lead us and guide us because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us into all truth. Surely you're trying to order our steps because your word tells us that you are. So would you help us, Lord, to start cooperating with you a little more? Would you give us the grace to cooperate with you? Give us the grace to hear you better. Give us the grace to remember your word and apply it. We don't want to be hearers and not doers. When we're hearers of the word and not doers of the word, we're deceiving ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves. We don't want to be deceived because we know the word and blatantly chose not to do it. We don't want to be deceived because we heard the word, but we forgot it. We don't want to be deceived because we don't even consult your word at all, even though it's right there in front of our faces. And Help us, Lord. We want to do your will. We want to do your will, your will, your will, your will. Your will, your way. Your will, your way. Your will, your way. Your will, your way. That's what we want. So Lord, we hit a reset button today. The things we thought we knew, we're not going to take them for granted. We're not going to take them as law. We're going to really press in for truth. Help us today, God, to press in for truth. Whatever the truth is, God, we can handle it. Or if, we're, if, we've, if we've got a bad habit that causes us to keep Going around the same mountain, would you show us so we can submit it to you and find the correction we need, the course, I heard the Lord say course correction. I see that, Lord. Father, would you help us, Lord, to make the course corrections we need to make? Come on, I, I imagine all of us have some area of our life that's just a little bit off course. There's probably some area of your life where there's family or finances, career, Church, there's probably some area of your life that's kind of out of balance, if we're honest. I'm not accusing you. I'm just saying that almost everybody I know, you've got strong points. You've got things that are going well. and You've got areas the enemy is attacking. You've got things in your life that you're very disciplined about. Maybe some of the things you don't like so much, so you kind of let them kind of, you know, fall off a little bit. It's not your favorite thing to do. But I heard the Lord say, course correction. Can we press into that for a moment? Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome a divine course correction. Come on. Father, we welcome, we say yes to a divine course correction. God, if we've gotten off course or if the enemy has come in and bulked us off course, if we have somehow found ourselves on a course that you didn't order our steps to Lord, if we misstepped God, we're asking you right now 
to make that divine course correction. Show us clearly, show us plainly, God. We will obey you. We will follow you on the course correction. We will. We will. We're so grateful that you will. I hear that. For the Lord would say to you today, I am bringing a course correction to the lives of many of my children who despite their best intentions missed the mark, says the Lord. But I am also changing the course of many. And I am bringing a great wind of change into the lives of many. And I am bringing that course change, a change of course, a new way. And the Lord would say, if you find yourself at a four in the road, then look to me and do not move until you hear my voice, for I have brought a wind of change, says the Lord, and the enemy may come and blow and blow and blow, says the Lord, and try to deceive you into going the wrong way, says God. So when you find yourself at that fork in the road, when you find yourself in the valley of decision, says the Lord, stop and wait on me. You don't have to be in a rush to make the choice. You don't have to be in a hurry to say yes or to say no. But look to me and listen to me, for I am bringing a change of course in the lives of many of my faithful ones. I am taking you down the road to promotion, to elevation, to unlock even mysteries in the secret place, says the Lord. I am beginning to fulfill promises made in the last season, and that means a course change, says the Lord, but do not be deceived. They continue to wait upon me, says God, for I bring a course correction to some so that I can bring a course change to your life, put you on a path to greater glory as I change you into the image of my son, says the Lord. Come on, that's a good word. A course correction is different than a course change. But some, listen, sometimes you need a course correction before you can see the course change. In other words, yes, when the course corrects, that means there's a change, but not in the same way as when God, God's bringing new opportunities, what he said. Some of you, it's a course correction. And when you take a course correction, hear me now before we shift. When God has to bring a course correction, many times a season goes by before you can get back on the right perfect path. Because God's got to work it all out together for good. And that doesn't always happen overnight. You're tracking with me. Of course, correction. You ever gone the wrong way? I, went through, I couldn't believe it. I missed the, the turn to church on Sunday. Couldn't believe it. I've gone there 100 times, two, 300 times. And I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about something and I missed the turn. And I had to make a course correction. Guess what? Ended up driving all through this community. There was dead end roads everywhere. Dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end. Finally, I had to drive all the way back out to where I started, drive all the way around to the full perimeter and come in the back way from the church. It wasted 20 minutes of my time. Now magnify that in your life. If you miss the turn, God will make a course correction, but it is going to waste some time. Now God will redeem the time. God will work it out because he's good. Now a course change is when you're going one way and God says, you know what? I've got a new adventure for you. A course change is when God says, you know what? It's promotion time, right? So when you have a job, when you have a career and you get promoted, that's a course change because now you've got new responsibilities. You're at a new level. You're at a new height and everything is different. A course correction sometimes means having to backtrack. A course change is an elevation, an acceleration. 
So, Father, we thank you that today, and whether we need a course correction or a course change, we say yes. We say yes. Whichever, whatever it is we need, that's what we want. Whatever it is we need, that's what we want. Whatever it is we need, that's what we want. Whatever it is we need, that's what we want. God brought a course change. Why well, don't he brought it? But the world circumstances brought a course change to my life. It wasn't a course correction because I was going in the right direction. The whole pandemic and everything brought a course change. I was going to Europe once a month last year, sometimes for five days, six days, sometimes for two weeks, three weeks, every month. And God didn't bring a course correction, but the enemy brought a course change. But guess what God did when the enemy brought the course change? Just going to encourage somebody. Listen, when the enemy brought the course change, God brought his own course change that superseded the enemy's course change. In other words, the enemy came in and said, you're not going to Europe anymore this year. That's what the enemy did. But God said, I'm going to take you there virtually. God said, I'm going to take you deeper in my spirit because you've got more time now to spend with me. God says, I'm going to teach you leadership skills that will elevate you far beyond. I'm going to build the prayer hubs movement from 35 to 235 in a matter of four months. I'm going to blow the wind of my spirit on everything you're doing. You're going to go higher to put your hand to the plow that's been given to you in this season. If you'll just look at life that way, maybe the enemy came in with a course change. God can still move you higher in the midst of the adversity. Amen? Be encouraged. I'll tell you the truth before we shift over to our next part of prayer. When all this pandemic hit, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I can't go back to Europe this year at all. I knew I wasn't going to be. I knew because when I was in England, I knew already knew the last day I was there last time. I wouldn't be back for a long time. God told me. I didn't understand it. He showed me. But guess what? God has lifted me higher. God will lift you higher. It doesn't matter what the enemy is doing. Your response to it matters more than what happened. 20% of life is what happens. Listen, 20% of life is what happens to us. 80% of life is how we respond to it. Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Dream wilder. Amen? Can these bones live again? Jesus, they can live again. Whatever bones are in your life, they, I'm not going to go into this, but they can live again. I see that. The enemy had whittled away certain things in my, in my purview, my businesses. And can the, can, the, can, the, can the bones live again? They can. Whatever you're looking at, it looks dry. God can revive it. It starts with you. It starts with you. Amen. It starts with you. It starts with you. Now, let's pray this because I've gone way over. That's okay. I was reading in Psalm 45, 3, and I love this. The Bible says, gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. Can you imagine? David is talking to the Lord in the midst of all the drama that he was facing. And he knew that he was skilled in battle. I mean, he defeated Goliath. He knew God's hand was in it. He said, the battle is the Lord's. And here's David. He's saying, gird your sword on your side. Let me say it in plain English. Put on your sword, almighty warrior. He's talking about the Lord. Put on your sword. He's saying, Lord, 
Put on your sword. You are a mighty warrior. You are glorious and you are majestic. Strap your sword at your side, oh mighty one. Mighty warrior, strap your sword at your side. He's saying, God, you got to fight this battle because it's too big for me. God, you got you to you gotta get engaged here because the battle really is yours. It's always been yours. And so, Lord, you see what's happening. Lord, you see the injustice against my life. Lord, you see the enemy running rod over my business. Lord, you see the devil trying to divide my marriage. Lord, you see the enemy putting a stranglehold on my prodigal. Lord, you see all these things and I feel helpless. And I don't really know how to fight anymore. I've got everything I can do. So all I'm going to do at this point, I'm going to stand on your word. But I'm going to ask you, oh God, to strap your sword on your side, mighty warrior. Arise, oh God, and let your enemies be scattered. Ride majestically. Ride triumphantly. Ride on the side of truth. Ride for the righteous meek, oh God. Put on your sword, God. The battle seems too great for us, Jesus. We don't know which way to turn. It seems like there's an enemy on every side. People who were standing with us are suddenly against us over a vote. We don't know which way to turn. We don't know who we can trust. There's a virus creeping, 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 creeping. A demonic plague in the earth, killing and ravaging people. Oh God, we are your people. We are your beloved. We are your children. We are your sons and daughters. We are your kings. We are the rulers that you've put here authorized to push back darkness but God somehow we're not we're not we're not we're not seeing the darkness dissolve and what we need reinforcements we need angelic armies oh God strap on your sword put it on your side stand up and come to our rescue we need your help God Jesus would you strap your lightning sword of judgment upon your side and bring judgment to the I'm talking about demons. Let the sword of the Lord fall on the demon powers that are bringing plagues to our households. Let the demon powers fall let the, uh, by the hand of the sword of the Lord. Jesus, demons of division, Lord, strap on your sword and fight for us, your church. Your word said, oh Jesus, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But Lord, in this season, we're seeing the church divide the church. We're seeing half the church fight the other half of the church. Jesus, would you please come and help mediate among us. Convict our hearts if we're in the wrong. Convict our hearts if we are being ones who bite and devour each other, God. Convict our hearts if we are part of the problem. A house divided against itself cannot stand God. And we're looking so silly to the unbelievers right now. Strap your lightning sword of judgment upon your side, O warrior, so majestic. You are full of beauty and splendor as you go out to war. Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God, to walk worthy of our calling, to get on your side. You remember when the pre-incarnate Jesus showed up, Joshua was chilling, and here comes the pre-incarnate Jesus. Joshua saw him standing there, and he said, hey, 
Who are you? Whose side are you on? <laughs> Come on, catch this. Joshua said he didn't recognize it was the Lord. He said, whose side are you on, man? And the Lord said, I'm not on anybody's side. You get on my side. Joshua said, are you on our side? Are you on their side? Are you my friend or are you my foe? Joshua didn't recognize the Lord. He was so He was so concerned about his enemies that he didn't recognize the Lord standing in his midst. Now there's a lesson in that. Did you hear what I said? Joshua was so concerned about his enemies, he didn't, uh, he didn't recognize the Lord standing right there in front of him. He said, are you for us or are you for them? And the Lord said, neither. You get on my side. And in that moment, his eyes were open and he re realized that was the Lord. Unfortunately, sometimes we think we're on the Lord's side and we're not. Come on. Sometimes we think we're on the Lord's side and we're not. Well, how can that be possible? Some of you are getting riled up already. I said, sometimes we think we're on the Lord's side and we're not. That can't be possible. Some of you getting mad at it. Okay. Well, there was a man named Saul. And he was on the road to Damascus, having received papers from the Pharisees that gave him permission and authority to go arrest believers and drag them back to Jerusalem for trial because they believed in Jesus. This man Saul was zealous for Judaism. This man Saul thought he was fighting for the Lord, for God, for Yahweh. And here comes Jesus. Light comes from the sky. And a voice cries out, Saul, Saul, why dost thou persecuteth me? Who are you, Lord? I am the Lord Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Can we take a pause? Can we be willing to acknowledge? Come on, this is a moment of humility. If this makes you mad, you've got a real pride problem. This is a moment of humility. Are we willing to acknowledge that maybe... There are times where we are so concerned about our enemy and what they say and what they believe and if they're going to win. We're so concerned about our enemy and we got to fight that camp and fight this camp. People. Joshua's fighting people. I'm not even talking about spirits. I'm talking about people. Could it be possible that there are times when we will be willing to admit that we're so blinded by irritation about what this camp or what that camp's doing that we don't recognize the Lord in our midst and the Lord is saying, get on my side. You're not on my side. You're out for yourself. And if everybody would just get on the Lord's side, there would be no bickering and devouring each other in the church right now. Could it be possible that you think you're on the Lord's side and you're not? <laughs> Could it be possible that you're resisting God? That you're fighting against his will? Saul was. Saul's motives were pure. Saul's, Saul's motives were pristine. He missed it. So, Father, would you give us the grace of humility? Because we do not want to be on the wrong side of the Lord. We do not want to be contending with our brothers and sisters in Christ to the point that we can't even see that God is in the middle saying, guys, get on my side. 
Because the sight of the Lord is not strife. And the sight of the Lord is not anger and bitter and insults and cursing one another because you believe different about whatever. And you know what the insinuations are here. But this applies to everything. You know the context. But this applies to everything. To churches fighting because, oh, you moved in my territory. You split my church. This applies across the board. Lord, give us the grace of humility that we would be willing to consider that maybe we're wrong or the way that we're going about it is wrong. Give us the grace of humility. Humility would not dare slander a brother and sister in the church because they think different than you. They voted different than you. They believe different than you. The wisdom of God is first pure, then peaceable, easy to be reasoned with, and merciful. Somebody is operating in demonic wisdom. There's the wisdom from the enemy, James says. It's not pure, it's not peaceable, it's not easy to be reasoned with. It's fleshly and it's carnal. So there are people all over the church right now that are operating in demonic wisdom, and here's the scary thing, they think it's the wisdom of God. They're operating in pure demonic wisdom. They're being driven by carnal desires and inspired by vain imaginations coming from the enemy. And they think really truly like Paul. Paul, when he was Saul, their motives are right. Their motives are right, but they're sincerely wrong. So no matter what side you stand on, your heart posture should be to understand that those who believe different than you, those who voted different than you, their motives are, I'm talking about in the body of Christ. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm not talking about the world. Come on, I'm on my soapbox. Your heart posture, my heart posture has has to be, they believe they're right and their motive is good. They believe they're right and their motive is good. And maybe sometimes their motive is not good, but we're going to believe because love believes the best. They believe they're right. They don't believe the same as me. I believe I'm right. They believe they're right. Is my motive good? Yes. Is their motive good? Yes. We're going to believe that, that their intentions are good, and we're going to stop fighting. We're going to stop this. We're going to stop it. I've been quiet the last few days. Why? Because everything you say, you get attacked for it. And it doesn't hurt my feelings, please. Don't ever think it hurts my, I don't care. I don't, you don't have any, that doesn't bother, whatever. But you're releasing curses at me, guess what's gonna happen? Somebody releases curses at you, guess what's gonna happen? When you respond rightly and you pray for them and you bless them, guess what? It boomerangs back on them. They've opened a massive door of attack of the enemy. God's not doing it, but it's a spiritual principle. If you curse, you're going to reap curses. You sow curses, you're going to reap curses. You sow angry insults, you're going to reap that. So for some of your sakes, I'm being quiet. So Father, give us the grace of humility and help us to stop biting and devouring each other as a body of Christ because it grieves your spirit so. Help us to stop trying to make something out of nothing and trying to bring nothing when there's something. We give you the, gr- the glory and the honor in Jesus' name, amen and amen. We really need to walk in humility. Humility attracts the 
grace and the anointing of God. Pride comes before the fall. We're going to see a lot of falling in the body of Christ real soon because people have been sowing such nasty seeds of discord. It's going to happen. And I, you know, every day I ask the Lord, show me if I'm wrong, show me, help me to bite my tongue. God is good. Awakeningprayhubs.com. Join that movement. We were praying about the will of God earlier. Guys, I've got a new uh, series starting soon, just a couple of weeks on navigating the will of God. And I, I never realized until I started studying it in depth how many aspects of God's will there are. It just goes on and on. So I was studying that this morning, which is probably what prompted me to pray about that. But you can, you can tap into that, navigating the will of God. Now, if you're a web church member at ahop.online, uh, you get uh, all these archives of my teaching on and on and on and on. And uh, navigating the will of God will be part of that. But if you're not, you'll have to go to schoolthespirit.tv to watch that. Amen. You want to donate? You can donate at jenniferleclair.org. Cash app is dollar sign. I am Jennifer LeClaire. Text to give is 754-701-2161. You text the word pray. Venmo is at Jennifer LeClaire. PayPal, paypal.me slash Jennifer LeClaire. Give you praise and glory, God, for what you're doing. We're going to walk in that grace of humility because we don't want you to resist us and you resist the proud. You give grace to the humble. So we thank you, Lord. I love you. Have a great day. I'll be back with you on tomorrow. Share this broadcast with somebody before you get off. Amen. God bless you. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, Sears ministry writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.